14 sessions, yeah! Yo, coming back. I'm here with Matt Disc Golf. I'm Choo Chi Disc Golf. Choo Chi. What's, what's Choo Chi? Choo Chi is my uh, golfing religion. About 20 years ago, I discovered there was this huge crossover of spirituality to golf you know and it was the book that i that triggered me was a book called uh, tim galloway the inner game of golf i knew that the game of golf was essentially going to turn into a huge mental challenge at some point and then the question became how do you train that how do you train for that and that started the the the, the creation of the chuchi religion which was essentially the results of all my research and the work within the various religions where I sought out the information necessary to figure out what the best way to attain a state of competitive enlightenment where you're actually playing at your absolute best. So if you follow my religion, you get that. And disc golf. I was a ball golfer for uh, 24 years. I taught for about 20 years. I tried to play professionally. It's really difficult. You wouldn't believe how difficult it is to be a really good ball golfer try it sometime if you didn't start out at age seven putting on 10 stemp greens yeah. it's just a real hampering problem when you get into adulthood trying to put those greens but uh anyways i i've spent a lot of time in the disc golf universe and the reason why i'm here talking to this man over here is because of his outstanding cd which i think the oh, viewers thanks, should man. know about thanks. right now what is that a cd's actual i believe the disc disc golf is that cd's name yeah. So we have the author of that with us now. Tell us about the 21 tracks or 26 tracks. Isn't that like crazy? 26 tracks. Weird like. <laughs> tracks. Like almost every song sounds like a different person and just kind of, it's kind of like satire and stuff and just stupid disc golf raps. I mean, it's, it's fun. I don't know. Me and my buddies did a bunch of compilations together but this was the first one i wanted to do like by myself like and release it and everything but if you want to do a rap let me know well these these raps folks were you know part of this huge edm fat sound that was wrapping these raps in just incredible layers of 16 deep tracks being fine-tuned at the cutting edge of the electronic world this man is doing a good job moving the dials around oh, thanks, and those man. dials made some great sounds in fact he may or may not know this but i published an entire accompaniment to one of his songs on the boulder Whoa, cool. golf disc facebook page Whoa! so if you go to the boulder no disc golf facebook page you will see me playing to this man's music on Thanks, hand man. drums, because I'm a uh, hand drum Thanks. drummer. Well, if if you want to play one, let me know. We can do the crazy remixes with that rig out there. It's like insane. I love everything that you're doing. You just pick it. You got your, it's your heart content. If you come up with sounds, I'll play drums to it, because there's not cool. much that I don't like having a rhythm to. And this man's EDM lineage and how he's moved the rap into this kind of uh, connection to the Get disc golf universe the, the idea that you can actually take a secondary activity and make that a musical experience can only improve the quality of this man's disc golf playing and I want you to know well, thanks, that man. I am at this man's knees in scoring he is a much better player than I am and his years of yeah, developmental right. have developed from music. Right. This know. is the music world and how it benefits you as a cross trainer in <laughs> athletics well thanks man 
Thanks. I'm really stoked. So tell us why you haven't so, been playing disc golf. Hurt my foot. Foot. But I was I was doing a bunch of other stuff um, before I hurt my, hurt my foot like two days ago. So I just haven't been playing that much disc golf because it's been hot and sunny. I don't like, like, I'm the kind of guy who like wears long sleeve shirts in the sun now because... I've just been scorched so much over the years, but if it's nice and cool, I'll be all right. But. We have a fair weather disc golfer, but the man can produce some serious EDM rap <laughs> CD based. <laughs> Where can you buy that? I believe it's on Spotify. Is that correct? Yeah, you can listen to it on Spotify and YouTube. Pretty soon, I'm going to actually pull the YouTube tracks. And actually make new one, like uh, make the music videos, ah. or at least have something because right now, like CD Baby, like published that album for me, but I'm gonna have them remove it and then I'm gonna put it on my own because um, I didn't want them messing with my account. CD Baby sounds like the key to being a successful producer of CDs. Was this a anymore? Uh, pr- they they killed their store. That's what was so cool about them because. You could have the the digital distribution, the um, the fabrication of all the CDs done in that one place. Get your UPC, get your packaging, get all of it, and then actually sell it. Sell the physical copy and the digital copy in their CD Baby store, but they killed the store. This was like a Napster story or some sort. What happened? You didn't survive all the free streaming. What what killed it? Uh, maybe they just weren't making enough money to maintain it or something. But I don't know because that's what was so cool about them. You just like share like the link to to their store, and they process everything for you, and then they do all the all the bullshit yeah currently I'm a podcaster called the climate Buddha with something called anchor.fm that's pretty cool and anchor.fm does this incredible packaging of your podcast and it makes recording pretty much idiot proof Uh, what you're seeing here and how I'm talking through this thing which you can't see behind this television screen is an incredible level of technical sophistication and wires and everything that's why I sound so great right now but uh, what I do is I put a phone in front of me and I do my podcast and I push a button and it's done yeah. And that method has proven to be good. well. You know, I'll tell you, it's the background noise that's been killing me because I've been, you know, doing, you know, with my van and stuff like that. And I just haven't don't have these really good environments. This is a great environment. I can, I can hear a pin drop in here. It's just awesome. Yeah, except for the damn AC's crushing right now. But <laughs> this is engineering talk, folks. This is audio engineering. Are some of our listeners audio engineers? Do they really care about the technical sophistication necessary to but produce this? But that's really this? cool that you got a podcast. What is it again? It's called the Climate Buddha, and I am a Buddhist. I lived in a Buddhist center for four years, and I That's taught awesome. Buddhism for seven years, and blah, blah, blah. I can talk about Buddhism if anybody gives a shit. Most people don't, so I don't. But what that ended up doing is put me on a pathway of actually giving a shit about people, and that you actually were caring about all living beings as a result of this practice that they were teaching you in Buddhism. And, you know, everybody gets good at really caring about their wives and their dogs and things like that. But, you know, when you start stretching that out, and you're going, well, I really care about the Madagascar, you know, ring-tailed lemurs. You know, the thing is that there's just a tremendous web of life. And Chuchi, the religion, is creating a higher, it's a mnemonic. It's a creating higher universally aligned 
thoughts, uh, energy, uh, creativity, health, and interdependence. This concept of interdependence, creating it or understanding it or experiencing it, is that, is that we're facing a, cl a climatological calamity right now. And we're going to have loss of species, lots of extinctions. Extinction's going on already. It's going on at a big pace. And it's going to pick up. And things are going to start dying. <laughs> Jared Polis and the Green New Deal coming in. Well, the group that I hang around with thinks that the uh, Climate New Green New Deal is a waste of time and money. Uh, we, the time frames and the time scales that the group of uh, climate scientists that I subscribe to is less than a decade for the most part. And the kind of climatological acceleration that we're expecting to see as a result of an ice-free Arctic that's the only piece of data that anybody who really gives a crap wants to look something up. Just type in, you know, NASA ice data and get a look at the, the GIFs. And they got these GIFs. And let me show you how they do. They go, the ice looks like this. And then it goes like this. There's no ice. And there's some ice and then there's no ice. So right now we're at a place where we're almost at an ice-free Arctic. This will be the first time in like, I don't know, a million years, 100 million years or something. But long time so we don't know what's going to happen because there's never ever been this influx of heat into the system ever introduced in the history of humanity because there's this scientific problem called the latent heat of freezing there might be another term for it but it's best described as your scotch glass issue if your scotch glass has got ice in it your scotch is going to be 32 degrees but as soon as that last cube melts your scotch glass is going to start going up from 32. But even with just a little sliver of ice, your scotch is going to stay at around 32 degrees until that last sliver goes. And then there's no longer this cap, this latent heat of freezing. And this is happening on an ocean-wide level. And the amount of energy that it takes to melt the ice in this scenario, just like the environmental energy from your room to melt the ice to 70 degrees, whatever it is, that will then melt up. That will then turn the, the water inside the glass to 70 degrees. So... This scientific problem on the Arctic means that if we go to an ice-free Arctic, we're going to have a huge increase in worldwide temperature extraordinarily quickly. And the computer models aren't really super good at figuring that out, but nobody thinks it's good. <laughs> well, so I had this kind of data so, about uh, uh, six years ago, and I started this process called the Climate Buddha, which was really designed yeah. to, uh, to get this information out from someone who is going to be credible. And because of my background as a Buddhist and everything, and the Buddhism's essential religion of credibility, of honesty, of truth, etc., it's what they, they teach at a deep level. <coughs> Sorry for that, folks. But the, um, the ability to tell the truth has got really nothing to do with people's ability to perceive it. And what this adventure in, in media has taught me is that truth is really irrelevant, both in, in science and into, into mostly in, in the extent of, of politics that you know any particular point of view can be bolstered with enough you know information where somebody who's less than an expert can be fooled and within the climate community we've seen the exxon valdez level of money dumped into the media system fighting climate change this is the world's largest and most powerful economic industry in the planet it's the oil industry it's got more money than that you can imagine you can't imagine it people who live in america middle class cannot imagine the money that is in this oil industry and they just took a big chunk of it and they just said hey convince everyone that that climate change doesn't exist 
Now, <clears throat> we got to figure out a way to harness the energy of, of the drumming <laughs> and charge a battery. And then the battery can feed the beatomatic. <laughs> the damn beatomatic. Yes. I like. I, I sent the I sent the beatomatic specs <laughs> to like a battery making dude who was like all getting off on Twitter. Like he like linked like a few like music making boxes. And I was like, man, can you make one of those for the beatomatic? And I like sent him to the page, and he's like, ah, uh, no. I like your idea. There's actually something called piezoelectric energy where you can actually get a current off of your frying pans. So like if cool. there's a if you have like different metals and you heat them up, they create a current. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So like this kind of waste heat usage it's just too late. What's ended up happening is that Carl Sagan back in 1985 told everybody that we needed to look out for the science on this issue that it was a problem. And But it, we knew that it was going to be one of these logarithmic scales where nothing's going to happen for a long period of time, and then suddenly it's going to go like this. Well, we're right about there. So this math, this math is Carl Sagan math to figure out what this exponential math and how that works, but it's similar to population. So like you have this thing where population stays at a million people for 500,000 years, and then it goes to 100 million, and then next thing you know, we're doubling our population every, I think, what, 16 years? Is that the number? Mm-hmm. Eight? So that's the exponential math. Things start to double quicker and quicker. Mm-hmm. So anyways, this math applied to climate science. It took Carl Sagan types to figure it out. They kept saying, hey, look, we were mathematicians. We, we know how this math works, and it doesn't look good. And everyone's going, yeah, the weather looks good. <laughs> Don't, not changing too much here in Maine. I'm not too worried about it. And then Exxon would kick in and say, oh, don't worry about this climate change. It's a bunch of corrupt scientists who are all working together in this international pool of ignorance just to get us. And we're like, yes. um, (laughs) I guess this is a good time to invite people to call now. uh, 424-262-4. You can talk to... Choo Chi, the climate Buddha. And I am Choo Chi and the drum rockets. And what my dream in life is to be a well-paid drummer and to just sit back and enjoy the largesse of a lifestyle like Tommy Lee. Because when I grew up, I said, that's the guy I want to be. <laughs> Did you ever see Tommy Lee play? Did you ever see him? Uh, with Pam Anderson? Well, I didn't see whether it was he, you were tapping, but did you ever see him play with Motley Crue? Yeah. I saw oh, yeah. him. I saw huh. him Did, when he took the... Well, uh, did you see his act? He he had put a put a put a drum kit onto a um, I don't know some sort of forklift, and the thing spun him upside down. Oh, cool! Oh man, cool. this was I was with a fifteen year old. We were in Atlanta at the time, and and Guns N' Roses opened for huh. uh, for uh, Motley Crue, and Guns N' Roses blew the place away. Axl Rose was before he hit it big, was still the man on stage, and his. The band was tight, and the yeah. dude that I was with was like, that band is great. Who are they calling? I'm like, Guns N' Roses. Who knew? I saw them before they hit it huge. So then Tommy comes out to do his act, and he starts spinning this stuff around in this thing. It was unbelievable, because he was playing this incredible drum solo. This, and they flip him upside down, and he's just keeping the same beat, and he's flipping him upside down. It was a great night. Just screaming and yelling. Rock and roll. Do you remember the days of rock and roll? Do you remember yeah. Yeah, I'll play a little rock and roll here, like Jerry style here in a sec. Jerry. So I, well, I play psychedelic rock like Jerry Garcia when I play guitar sometimes. 
But, uh, yeah, everything else is more trance ambient. Even when I play guitar, there's kind of like a a hint of ambient style, like one note, like long decay. Way cool. Love it. But I'm a big trance addict. My entire dancing to trance universe consisted of dancing to trance at uh, these things in uh, St. Pete called uh, Earl uh, Earl Savant's... um, Oh, I'm trying to give him a shout-out. I'm not... Anyways, he's a great trance promoter, and he does these concerts in the the low-tide areas of state parks where they can't throw you out. Um, because there's huge low tide areas that are actually, you know, get underwater. So he goes out there and sets up nine stages and everyone plays different trance DJs. Oh, cool. And 10,000 people show up for a night, have an incredible party, and then about six in the morning, the cops throw everybody out. It, it really is just was, it was incredible. <laughs> What's it? Trance, the house movement. I think it's house movement it's called. But he's on Facebook. He'll hate me for not giving him a shout out. But this type of dancing all night behavior, have you ever done that? Have you been out dancing all night long? Have uh, you ever done that? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, you know. Yep, pretty much. I, I haven't, I don't think I've really done a rave, but I partied pretty hard. I'm glad and to hear a that. a lot of different. The man's talented in partying. This man's a skilled partier. I, dude, I have the greatest jamming instrument in the world. And uh, and I'm all about playing music for people and getting the vibes going. So this is going to be fun, man. This is great. Let's play some music. I don't mm-hmm. have the schedule. This man's got the schedule left. As you push a button, I'll go play some drums for you if you want to see. All right. Choo and the Drum Rockets. Go to Facebook, Choo and the Drum Rockets. And my latest stuff will be there. But right now, Javon, Matthew Choo, Choo and the Drum Rockets, rocking deep.
Slowly coming back. Yeah. We're actually doing a quarantine sessions here. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm scared. Oh. Javon Radio is not setting the example for others to follow. We should be clothed. But our recent time together seems to be intimate enough to even think that masks would be a questionable way to protect one another. I'm masking Fortunately, my Johnson with the flag. This man is tempting me with Genesee cream ale. It's not cream ale, unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe we should wrap it up and stick around for the after party. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get an encore in the chat room. This stuff tastes amazing. I know that your audience may include some people who truly enjoy these Genesee cream. They're not creamy. They don't have the the cream. I'm not holding They're anything good. against the people who actually drink this. Hello there. I hope these things sound okay. I'm tripping out, man. Thank you. Actually, I would really like to hear some of that mix. I hope some of it came well. I was doing some stuff on the drums that was either you were beating the shit out of those things. That was awesome. Cheers. Beating the shit out of those things. That's what uh, Droman's all about. Well, my training has been primarily drum circles. I did practically four or five a week for about five years. And uh, the drum circle community in the Tampa Bay area was uh, thriving. And there was a number of players that I had hundreds and hundreds of hours of jamming time with. And we knew each other. And uh, when you have hundreds and hundreds of hours of jamming time with some of your you know, other drummers, man, could we make some of my music? It was sounding cool. unbelievably good. But I got into a, um, a disagreement over another gentleman, and I ended up getting shoved down in the process, and I broke a rib. And that's like a $14,000 liability that it just hasn't quite been dealt with yet. Crazy. So suddenly the fun little drum circle became, uh-oh, you know, you've got $14,000 worth of drum circle liability going on here. And anyways, so it kind of ruined the drum circles for me at that point. But at, right at that time is when COVID started. Uh, so it was a very karmatic experience that as soon as, as I became unable to do run circles in Tampa Bay, COVID started. Mm. And um, 
I had subsequently not come back uh, to Tampa Bay because I ended up moving to Jacksonville to do my job and then to Colorado. And I can't be any happier. I'm here. I'm an exotic car salesman. I sell uh, Shelby's. I'm awesome. with a Shelby dealership in Texas, Performance Motorsport. And Shelby. you can have a Shelby. I know where to get one. Yes. Get you a white one. And I actually have some Ferraris. I have a Ferrari F430 right now. I what? And F430 is a black little coupe thing. Just goes like ridiculously fast. Everybody needs one of these in their lives. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a specialist in Teslas, and I have Tesla Roadsters. If by any chance any of you have ever thought of getting Tesla. one, you can't there get you one. Go. You have to get it through me. I'm one of the only people who's got them. And if you want a Tesla Roadster, call me because i got a red one right now. That's pretty cool. So I'm using your audience as my potential economic resource. Yeah. If somebody calls up and Dude. buys a, uh, a $3.8 million LaFerrari, I'll cut you in on that. How's that sound? <laughs> Thanks, man. That's the kind of generosity Call with now. Chi. Call right now. $3.8 million. LaFerrari. It's red. 1,800 miles. Right, you know what's cool? You can uh, video conference right in here right now if you call me on Skype at Javon D Radio. Even if you have just like a cell phone, you can just pull it out and Skype Javon D Radio. And you'd be like on the show with video. So if I understand this correctly, if, if someone has a Skype subscription, they go onto the Skype subscription right now and they type in J-V-O-N-D, yep. radio. All one word. All one word. Case. That will find your address and give them the ability to tap into our show yes. in real time and communicate with me, Choo Chi, Choo Chi and the Drum Rockets, oh, Choo Chi, yeah. the Climate Buddha, and Choo Chi, the hashtag distribute power, hashtag instant radical change, hashtag logical radical Hashtag universal alignment. If you would like to discuss any climatological issues and the subsequent problems of our political system as a result of rapid climate change, then I'm the man to talk to. I'm an expert in this particular field. If you'd like to talk about drum beats that sound so sweet that to get you out of the seat and you're going to feel the heat and then you don't know what you're going to do until you meet the right people and then you go out and dance. Come in on that, that gray box right there. Come right in there. Be on the show. Hold that. He's gone now. He can't hear us. He can't hear what we're saying. He's got no idea what I'm about to say. This is the most mind-bending, mind-blowing meme that has ever been memed by a memester in the history of all memes. And I'm talking meme city. I'm talking at the deepest level, and I'm talking the most important issue that anyone can consider, and that is hashtag crime is not entertainment. Yeah, all right, so we're going to look at that. Hashtag crime is not entertainment on Twitter? Yes. Do you have a Twitter? Yes, I have a Twitter account. Choo Chi on, on Twitter, please, uh, you know, friend me on, I'm on Facebook as Choo Chi and the Drum Rockets. The, and thanks, you should have. I should have, could have, would have, maybe. tweeted it. Tweeted it. Tweet, tweet the show. Tweet the show. I mean, you got a Facebook. I've got Facebook. I could have put it on the Facebook. See, we well. could like we could, we could have had start this. like a new show right after been, this and just talk to golf for contender. like thirty minutes. And, I'm a cool and, like, contender, message I'm the message the groups. Be like, we're live talking disc golf, Colorado mm. Front Range disc golf. Okay, so if you Hello. go to Chuchi Disc Golf on Facebook, you'll see that Chuchi has about five to ten videos of him teaching disc nice. golf. 
and I'm a 20 plus year ball golf professional and I know how to teach ball golf because I developed models that are designed to uh, work with uh, the biomechanics of the body in relation to the uh, six universal alignments of consistency and from those six universal alignments of consistency you'll develop a disc golf game that will hold up under competitive pressure. I think you're getting taller. This is what happens when the right dosage. <laughs> six universal alignments are number one you got to get the mind aligned and I mean this is talking about the emotional and spiritual side to golf is the concentration necessary and what you do between shots which is not too much and then you go through these very elaborate rituals and then you peak for the moment of your execution then you go back to recover phase this is strange cyclic meditation of movement and athletic achievement it is a tremendous ritualized type of religion and the people who play it talk like they are part of a cult the golfing cult is a big one there's millions 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 millions, millions of dollars of people who talk like golfers his own little language so these are other elements of religions a lot of religions have encoded communication that they have special code words you know that mean so much you know this, you know the abortion issue within the catholic community has been an, an ongoing code word thing you know pro-life pro you know, it's, it's not about abortions like life in general these little code words of course how people vote turns out people don't vote like sane people they don't they don't they don't just don't doesn't happen there's a great book called political animals forgot the guy who wrote it but he's a nixon administration wonk of some sort wrote this book called political animals it was great in that it just described how crazy people are when it comes to what gets them to vote and what gets them to not vote and various issues and the decisions that they make and they've got this figured out the people that are in charge have got some sort of rosetta stone about how to make people vote certain ways what emotional states cause this, cause that. They're smarter than us. Oh, well, they're so smart. Oh, really smart people. It's called Cambridge Analytic, and I'm right now reading a book called Targeted, and it's about a woman who worked for Cambridge Analytica. This is the company that Donald Trump hired to do his campaigning. Guess who are some of the smartest people on earth? Just guess. Is it Cambridge Analytica? Did you pretend to? It turns out, yes. Alex Jones. Alex Jones is right up there. I'm a big fan of Alex Jones. Followed him from the very, very beginning. Do you know that Alex Jones was famous because he actually predicted 9-11? Did you know that? That's pretty crazy. <laughs> that was, he knew about 9-11, and correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but I think it was two weeks before the event. He got on a microphone and told everyone about it. He had a foreknowledge to it, and part of Alex Jones's allure to me was, you know, what was his inside knowledge? Because my knowledge of 9/11 was inside. I actually met a religious person who told me a story that would write a Clancy novel. But information within her church showed up that where everyone did some inside trading and before 9/11, specific types of information knowledge that you would not have had unless you didn't know. And the inside trading that they did resulted in this woman getting enough money to start her own charity and to spend all of that to benefit all living beings. She took that money and used it to help others because she knew what kind of money that really was. Hmm. But wonderful human being, one of the most beautiful, wonderful human beings on earth. And this, this story is really about confirmation 9-11. And then my, my, my wife, who was a high, snooty, watercolor snooty. artist, snooty. They used to get together and do watercolors together in the afternoon. Oh, do go to Chute's, uh, you know, studio this afternoon. Have a couple glasses of wine. Do a little watercolor. What do you say? 
Let me just get off the SST, you know, that Concorde, just a wonderful trip from France. So I'm just going, oh, I'm not so tired. It's only two hours. Well, anyways, let's do some hot. So, anyways, that was her crew, and we learned that uh, one of the crew members of her art studio staff uh, was involved in the exit of the Bin Laden family the day before 9-11. So, the day before 9-11, there was some sort of operation that grabbed a big wad of important people and whisked them out of the country. And... This is where the Fahrenheit 9-11 Michael Moore movie separates from the truth, is that Michael Moore said that this occurred after 9-11. It occurred before. So there was some sort of a foreknowledge about this that was at an official level, you know. So we're thinking to ourselves, what do we need to do? This is my own personal life, by the way. This is nothing about researching on the Internet. This is me. This is my telling my story about what happened in my life. I'm going to link this on the... the, uh if you go to the site, there's the flag link. The flag link. Yeah. Fully informed is cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna link it in there. It's gonna be awesome. When you push this button, will we then have an audience? Uh no. No. <laughs> Not here, Still man. Still nobody's gonna listen to this. No Ain't way. here. So I've been talking into this mic with my most sincere voice, practiced through years of sincerity training. Please take Take the Sincerity Training Course 101. Okay, what you do is you look in the eyes of the camera and you just feel the sincerity and you say shit that's yeah. a lie and a lie. This is Dan Rather's job. This has been, you know, um, this has been all of the major television figures that we have all fallen in love with as resources of honesty and truth. They're all actors. They're extraordinarily well-paid people who can evoke and, and enunciate sincerity no matter what their message so this is one of the biggest problems with what they call the monkey brain and voting is that we've got a built-in problem as a species of how we react to oratory genius oratory genius just hypnotizes us so i have hashtag hashtag hypnosis of the masses to legitimately look at what's called the neuro-linguistic programming of our communication systems that are essentially using different levels of hypnotic, verbal, and non-verbal imagery-like communication that has turned us into soap-buying monkeys that vote any way they want us to. This problem is a limitation of the human mind. This isn't a limitation of, of you know, imagination. This stuff has been talked about for years, and in, in the Edward Bernays' book on, on propaganda was an early purveyor of this type of thought. But what I'm getting at here is that it's happened, and the ability to hypnotize people with magical words strung together in the right voice tone and convince them to buy soap and to vote for this guy, this means that the the species should not be doing its political business verbally. We need to get to something that looks like a universal democracy sitting on Facebook where we get to vote on what goes on. Do you really... Do you really need to have a guy in a suit deciding when the garbage gets picked up in your neighborhood? There is a guy who does it. There's a management team that does that. You realize you could vote on that. You could just say, well, what do you think? You think going in on Tuesdays at, at 2? Yep, okay. And that would be called a democratic policy decision that could happen amongst. You don't need to have a. So then you have this thing we're going to go to war with the Venezuela. Coming over. We have a man? Yeah, my buddy, Mark. Your buddy, Mark. Yeah, he's coming. This is crazy. 
I'm gonna let him sit here with you. Oh, why you don't want to talk to me anymore? No, I can I can sit on the couch and talk to you guys on the couch. You have to sit here and listen to me talk. You can't walk away and leave me in front of this thing. What could happen? You believe what could happen? But is this person going to be joining us? Look at that. Is that an elbow? That's the couch. I think it's an elbow. It's the elbow of the couch. It's part of the couch. Does this mean a person is going to eventually be in front of that? Well, some. Is it possible that your feet is on some sort of frozen state and he's already there? Wouldn't be able to fit another person uh, in here. Because we don't have enough room. So that's the that's the galley I call it now. The galley out there, you can have like the whole couch filled up with people. Yeah, that's and, the audience area out and there. And a, he wants to lay down. It's not an audience. There's polish a mic- off about another half a dozen of these things. Kick back with there's his feet a microphone up out and there. leave me. Can we both go and be? Can we be filmed? I mean, what will happen if we move yeah. out there? You can lay on the couch and be, there's a microphone, so you can be like on this show right here. I want the listeners to know that my personality is being filtered through about an eighth of a Genesee cream ale at this point. That's not a cream ale. I think the uh, alcohol is probably at 3.25%. I'm not in danger of driving my vehicle at high speed at this current condition, but you don't know what could possibly come out of my mouth next. This man's oh, multi-timber ability to burp out a panoply of various digestive juices. Hell yeah. Dude, this damn... Let's see if it's working. Now. Look, it might be working again. Here, I think I can... I'm going to try and play the video. Play back. Some of the stuff that we recorded? Yeah. 